It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Andy Levy, former Fox News and CNN HLN guy and current cable news conscientious objector. I'm a former libertarian who now sits pretty comfortably on the left. Hi, I'm Danielle Moody, former educator and recovering lobbyist. But today, I'm an unapologetic, woke commentator on America's threats to democracy. And I'm producer Jesse Cannon, and I'm here to make sure things don't go too far off the rails. We're here to have fun, smart conversations with some of the most knowledgeable and entertaining people in politics, media, and beyond. Our goal is to try and make sense of our current crazy world, our new abnormal, and hopefully even make you laugh through the tears. Hello, and welcome to another bonus episode of The New Abnormal. Normal. We thank you so much for being here. Today we have an extra special guest with David Rothkopf, who's the CEO of the Rothkopf Group and host of Deep State Radio. And he's going to talk to us about why people need to stop playing ball with Elon Musk and his abuses of the Starlink communications platform in the Russian invasion of Ukraine. But first, let's have some fun. Are you guys ready to listen to some clips? Clips. Clips. Yeah, those real uh, beatings continue, continue unless the morale improves energy right there. Okay, I want to start off with a little bit of uh, job advice for you two. I'm just saying oh. as someone who mutually benefits from the success of this podcast, I would like to see you two out there promoting it with the zeal of one Raphael. Ted Cruz does on this Fox News hit, just as we've heard him <laughs> do before. You know, it really is stunning to see, number one, the White House uh, dissemble and... and, and lie from the White House podium. L- listen, this this latest indictment that is coming on Hunter Biden, it, 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 it's not a surprise. It's completely expected. And unfortunately, it's part of a pattern. At, as you know, I do every week a podcast. The podcast is called Verdict with Ted Cruz. We do it every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying... I'm just saying. Yeah, Andy and I will make sure to do that, you know, the next time we go on his show (laughs) to to promote the new abnormal. It's nice that he has a part-time job that allows him to do this podcast three times a week. (laughs) You know, that's right. (laughs) Being a a representative, it's not a full-time job. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Maybe Uh. that's his hobby. So my favorite thing in that clip, though, is the actual substantive thing, too, which is that their new conspiracy theory is indicting Hunter Biden for the uh, gun charge with taxes thing that, you know, this is all just a distraction now because, you know, we have to find some way to put points on the board about anything that has to do with Hunter Biden because, you know, they're just drawn to him so much. But, Jesse, I thought indictments didn't matter. Well. I thought indictments just didn't mean anything and just does it only matter if it's hunter biden i guess because he would only have like one indictment donald trump has four sometimes i think they're so obsessed with him that they just like they can't really process much else like facts it is bizarre that they have spent all this time because obviously what they want is to indict joe biden yes but They haven't, despite their best efforts and putting most of their, you know, time and effort into this, they just haven't found anything. So they got to go for the the wayward son. (laughs) 
Speaking of Joe Biden, so now that there's signs everywhere showing that his infrastructure bill is changing communities and making lives better, and Biden has said this last week that Trump didn't build a damn thing, well, the copes kicked in pretty hard over on Fox and Friends, where they are joined by a man Mr. Trump dubbed Lil Marco Rubio to defend Mr. Trump. Talking about, oh, Joe Biden making fun of Infrastructure Week, that they never got it going during the Trump administration. You know why? Because of the Russia stuff that they brought up at the time. Every time they roll out infrastructure, some other fake Russian lead would pop up and distract everybody. But, well, uh, that, well, that and, and, a, and a global pandemic in which local authorities across the country were prohibiting people from working. Right. And by the way, a quick correction, it wasn't Lil Marco Rubio, it was Little, L-I-D-D-L-E. Oh, 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 I, I was doing L-I-L, like a rapper. I know, like, I you know. know, I heard that. And yeah. I just, Trump made a very big deal out of the fact that it was spelled with D's and not T's, and that it was Little, Little. <laughs> so I, I, I needed to correct the record there. I do want to say, this is like... Trump nailed that one, though, because that's exactly what Rubio is. He's just a little, little man. And he and Ted Cruz at at one point were supposed to be like the future of the party. And (laughs) Trump just demolished all of that. And Ted just set himself up as the chief sycophant. And he just goes out there and spouts things. He's too smart to actually believe and which makes him one of the most pathetic people in the country and rubio is just he's just a nothing now he just turned into from like a potential future of the party he is now he's just not like when do you even talk about marco rubio never i'll tell you when when you you see which one of these maga people down in florida is going to probably primary him yeah because they see how weak and pathetic he is. I mean, that whole clip was just an excuse, right? Like, as to why Trump couldn't get anything done. Because COVID, the last 10 months of his administration, yeah. Oh, I get it. He couldn't do the infrastructure projects because he was too busy lying about COVID and calling it a hoax every time that he had the opportunity or using racial slurs in order to talk, because he sure as fuck was not educating the American people or doing anything anything to help them during the global health pandemic. So that can't possibly be the excuse these idiots just used. Oh my God, I hate these. I hate them. I hate them. It is interesting though, because Trump still maintains to this day that he built the wall. (laughs) But like not even Rubio will go on and, and use that as a defense. Like, during infrastructure week or something like that. He won't even like, it's just funny to watch where, where these guys draw lines. You mean the wall that Steve Bannon swindled people out of money for? And <laughs> yeah, then needed to be poor. <laughs> We're talking about the same thing here, Daniel. Okay. Okay. Just, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> so now we come to Marjorie Taylor gangrene of the brain. Who's <laughs> once again, back to demonstrate wow. her cutting analysis where she really cuts through to the truth. Of course I'm kidding yet again. I think, you guys be the judge. You tell me what you think. I think this is the dumbest thing she's ever said on the congressional floor. People are not affecting climate change. You're going to tell me that back in the ice age, how much taxes did people pay and how many changes did governments make to melt the ice? The climate is going to continue to change. And there is no reason to just open up our borders and allow everyone in and continue to funnel over $50 billion or however many billions of dollars or trillions of dollars to foreign countries all over the world simply because they don't like the climate change. What? (laughs) You know what would be amazing? (laughs) 
if in fact we were spending $50 billion <laughs> to fight climate change, you know, like that would be amazing. She's a cave woman. Can I say that? Like, and just like we'd be done with it. Like, <laughs> I don't like she has an amoeba in her brain. She must. There can't be a brain in there. <laughs> She has to be, you know, there was somebody that was operated on in Australia that had a, a live worm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brain worm. I, I believe <laughs> she requires medical attention. She's not, it's not right. She's not. She's nuts. I, I just got a new abnormal merch idea. I believe, and it's the worm going into Marjorie's brain. I like yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what else to say about it. Well, speaking of brain worms. <laughs> We now come to my favorite cable news anchor, Mehdi Hassan, who does not have brain worms, I should say. Uh, wiping the floor with internet message board edgelord turned presidential candidate Vivek the fake Ramaswamy. Let's listen. You say he behaved in downright abhorrent behavior that makes him a danger to democracy. Yes, what was so, it that so was downright? Let's, Tell let's me what be, he did that was downright let's abhorrent. A, let's actually be... Let's actually be really fair to your audience. So on January 10th, 2021, thereabouts, days after that incident, I wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal arguing that censorship was the real cause of what happened on January 6th. Which when asked true, in response, yeah. somebody asked me the question, are you that that's that's well, that's what I wrote. I'm giving you the facts okay. of what I said. That's a hard Understood. fact that was published in the Wall Street Journal when pressed on. Was that condoning what Trump did? My answer was no. There is a difference between a bad judgment and Understood. a crime. And, and we you're need to be my able question. to tell the what difference in this country. What did Donald Trump do, no, I'm not in your view, that was downright abhorrent? Second time I, I asked think that, that the thing that I would have done differently if I were in his shoes not what I asked, is Vivek, I would have respect. declared re-election on That's January 7th. That's time. exactly the thing what I would have done. What did Trump do that was <laughs> egregious, quote, downright abhorrent and a danger to democracy? Can you just explain to our viewers your words? So, 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 so you're, you're mixing two different quotes. But what did I think was reprehensible about what happened that day? Look, I think that the way a true leader should have handled that situation should have been to actually say, this is me running for re-election, yep. not actually litigating what is already passed in behind us. And I would have done things differently. That is not a crime, though, I, what I, he I did. I understand. And but the reason but, I have been but, so vehement. You keep saying no, what you would have done. I just want to hear from your mouth. No, no. I would unless not, you're scared of him, yeah. why won't you maybe, say what maybe, he did that was maybe, downright I'm not abhorrent? Gonna, I'm not going to let you... Stitched, okay, you know, stitching together Let's, three things from three different places the tweet. to create a caricature. Do you want, what Trump did do you last want to have an wrong. actual conversation? <laughs> yes, I want you to answer my question, Vivek. Three Many. times I've asked it. That what did Trump do and, and, that was and, downright abhorrent? It's a yes. simple question. It's your words. It's on screen. I think what did he fact, do that was downright I abhorrent? I believe that failing to unite this country falls short of what a true leader ought to do. That is why I'm in this race, is to do things differently than any prior president has done them. That's the hard truth, okay? And that's what now made the him reality a is loser and a yes, the Well, the reality is none of that is a crime. Really? And the reason it. I have been so vocal, okay. the reason I have been so vocal is because when somebody actually prosecutes somebody for a bad judgment, and I've been I, clear, I, I understand he made your bad judgments to the litigation. I would have made I different that. judgments. That's not that what I asked is I understand. a distinction we have to draw. Understood. You Mehdi should win an Emmy for that, boy. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was so fucking good. <laughs> oh, man. He also nailed him, I think, in that same interview about the grant that he took. Oh, yeah. $750,000. Yeah. From the Soros Foundation or whatever. And Vivek tried to 
say that, well, he didn't he didn't have a lot of money back then. And, and Medi had his tax return. Yeah, it's because he said he said this is this is Medi. Did you not make seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars? Vivek the fake. Uh, not at the time I had applied for the Soros scholarship. Medi. Yes, you did, Vivek. This is awkward for you because you did. I've got the tax returns in front of my face. Yeah, uh, just amazing. I think the most interesting thing, too, is did you see that our colleague Justin Barragona at the Daily Beast pointed out that a lot of right wing people are saying this is what RSB and One News Network should be doing to candidates, too, which is hilarious. Oh, what, yeah. Asking no, I, them real questions yeah, and, and hammering people on lies, which it's like, that's going to be a rough job for those anchors. And honestly, from what I've seen, <laughs> they're not up for it. Like you, sir, are no Betty Hassad. I assume the conservatives who are saying this mean that this is what those anchors should be doing to everyone who's not Trump. Yes. And really what they're saying is, please, can we get rid of this twerp? Yeah. Which uh, I also uh, stand by because I'd love to never hear from him again. That would be amazing. Let him go the way of the Andrew Yag he is. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay. One last one. Now we have who I like to think of as the most unlikable man in America until I had to endure Vivek. One Ron DeSantis is going to do what Republicans often do on issues like guns and do everything but get the fucking point. And this time it'll be on abortion. Um, but one thing that the pro-life movement is, movement is about is supporting vulnerable women. Senator Rubio has proposed the Unborn Child Care or a Child Protection Act that would essentially give child support from the moment of conception. Is that something you'd consider it would force states to force men to give women what they're due from the moment of conception? These men, look, most of these women do not want to have abortions, but they feel like they have no other options because they get no support. And that's because a lot of these men are nowhere to be found. They should absolutely be providing support. They should absolutely be held accountable. What we've done in Florida is we've recognized that being pro-life means for the whole kit and caboodle. So we've expanded postpartum medical care for poor women to a full year uh, after they have a child. But we've also done things to advance options for foster care and adoption because that is uh, something that, that we want to be able to foster. I think a lot of it comes down to whether women think it's financially feasible uh, to do that. And when they don't get support from the father, then it can be overwhelming. I don't know. I mean, I'd love to know where he gets his pretend stat from that most of these women don't want to have an abortion. It's the same place where the Republicans get that locks on doors will help school shootings. It must be inside of the kit and caboodle, right? Like <laughs> It's a caboodle kit. Yeah, it's a caboodle. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's in there underneath the rest of their bullshit because Republicans vote against families every single opportunity they have. We don't have childcare and wraparound services. They say that they're pro-life, And then you look at these states where they have these bans on abortion. Just look at the maternal mortality rate, right? Like, look at the maternal mortality rate in these states. They don't give a fuck about women. They don't care about babies. And they certainly don't give a damn about the poor. And so it's just it's just wild to me that they're able to just go out on these fucking tangents of just lies and say that they care about families when, in fact, if you did, then your policies wouldn't just be about banning abortion. It would be about creating robust safety nets for all of these babies that you're forcing people to have. I hate him. Yeah, it is just amazing. They get up there like this in a different clip. He was talking about 
abortion. And he talked about how liberals being in favor of like post-birth abortion. Fourth trimester abortions, Andy, get with it. But they go unchallenged. Like they say these Mm -hmm. things and they talk about even third trimester abortions, which are not legal in most states, I believe. And they talk about these things like they're commonplace like this. It's like, stop letting them spout this nonsense unchallenged. That's what bugs me the most. More Mehdi Hassan's less uh, Kaylee McEnany's. Mm-mm. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's something I've really been needing to get off of my chest lately, which is that everyone and their mother should listen to the Andre 3000 album because it lifts my spirits on a regular basis, 1000%. We all carry around different problems, big and small. And let's be honest, when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. That's where therapy comes in. It's like this safe space where you can unload all those burdens and start figuring out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy can make a difference. I know this from firsthand experience, and it's not just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for anyone who wants to improve their mental well-being. Therapy can help you learn coping skills. It can teach you how to set better boundaries, and it can make you be a better version of yourself. If you're considering therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, which means it's convenient, flexible, and fits into your schedule seamlessly. Plus, getting started is as easy as filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And the best part, you can switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. So why wait? Take that first step towards a happier, healthier you with BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash the new abnormal today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash the new abnormal. Folks, I am very happy to welcome fellow Daily Beast columnist David Rothkopf and the CEO of the Rothkopf Group and the host of Deep State Radio to the new abnormal. David, your recent piece, Enough, Advertisers and Governments Must Dump Elon Musk. Why? I mean, I can think of a million reasons to dump Elon Musk, but what is the straw that has broken the camel's back for you? Well, it's not just one straw. There's been a lot of straws recently, and like you, there are a million reasons. I think you're right about that. But I try to name several of the most important. I think one of them is the recent 
fight he's had over the weekend with the Anti-Defamation League. There's nothing wrong with having a fight with the Anti-Defamation League. Uh, it's that in engaging in this fight, he has been amplifying, elevating, and embracing the messages of some known anti-Semites and white supremacists. It's not the first time. In fact, the reason he got into struggle with the Anti-Defamation League is that since he took over the site, he has invited back Nazis and white supremacists and so forth. And, you know, I mean, I think there was a period where advertisers might have looked at this and said, well, let's see how it goes. Well, we've seen how it goes. If you support Elon Musk's Twitter or X, what you're supporting is a platform that not just tolerates, but embraces mm -hmm. the worst kind of hate that there is out there. But that's not the only reason recently. Elon Musk came in and said, I'm a big champion of free speech. He came in with a bunch of money from Saudi Arabia. So when the Saudi Arabian government recently decided they were going to put someone to death for tweeting, Elon Musk remained absolutely silent as a church mouse. Now, there's been more. There's a story that comes from a new book about Elon Musk by uh, Walter Isaacson, which reports that Elon Musk turned off Starlink, a service that he's involved with, to foil an effort by Ukraine to invade and try to reclaim Crimea. In other words, he took a step on a project that's heavily subsidized by the United States government yep. to support Russia. That's not the first time, by the way. He did that several times with regard to Starlink. I don't have to get into the scandals associated with Tesla and lying. I don't have to get into some of the other odious things he has said or crazy ideas he's embraced, like anti-vax ideas and so forth. It's core ideas like these that say, look, Elon Musk is perfectly free to be an asshole. He's perfectly free to be one of the world's worst people. He's even perfectly free to throw his money down the toilet if that's what he wants to do. What he's not free to do is make the world a more dangerous place for certain people because of who they are, what they look like, what they believe in. He's not free to take the money of the United States government and use it to undermine the interests of the United States government. And advertisers and governments have got to look at this and say, no, enough's enough. Do what you want, being the world's richest man, Elon. But we're not going to support your habit. We're not going to make the world a worse place by enabling you to continue doing these awful things that you've done. David, you make so many good points about the fact that, you know, when you wrote in your piece, you're not merely eccentric. And, and that stood out to me because the way that the media has discussed Elon Musk and has followed his every move is by giving him as much runway as needed because he's eccentric, because he's brilliant, he's a genius. And what he's shown himself to be since he's taken over Twitter is a radical right winger who wants to be able to use his platform and his wealth to cause as much harm as possible to those that are marginalized. And I'm wondering, you know, my question for you is, why do you think there remains a, a kind of love affair with Elon's genius when he continues to show us the kind of person that he is. There are a few reasons. First of all, as we've discovered in the United States in the past few years, you know, they're a third of all Americans who share these horrible views. They, for most of their lives, have been told, you know, that racism that lingers inside you, keep it to yourself. 
or, you know, the fact that you don't like women much and you think men should be on top, keep it to yourself. And all of a sudden, Trump comes along or Musk comes along and they say, no, it's okay to be awful. No, it's okay to be awful in public. We'll, in fact, put you together with groups of other awful people and we'll treat your opinions, even though they're based on nonsense or worse and based on terrible ideas, we'll treat it as though it's exactly the same as real facts or moral thinking. And so those people are like, this is my savior. I've been having to be Mm -hmm. quiet in the back of the room, you know, just sticking a Confederate flag on my bumper. I, 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 now I can really sink my teeth into my hatred. So that's one group of people. There's another group of people that bought into this genius nonsense, even though Elon Musk is not a scientist and not an engineer, is not somebody who has invented anything. He is a huckster who's gone and raised money and bought other people's ideas and Mm. turned those ideas into bigger companies. He's part of the Wall Street problem. He's not part of the Silicon Valley solution. But, you know, for years, we said, Tesla, that's amazing. Space, that's fantastic. You know, that Starlink or SpaceX or whatever. But the reality is, of course, The story isn't what we were told. Those people, though, they don't want to feel like idiots. Right. They have a Tesla in their garage. (laughs) They invested in this stock. They bought a Tesla to say, hey, I'm virtuous. When it turns out that in buying that Tesla, what did they do? They supported one of the world's worst people. As it turns out, the car may not have been all that it was cracked up to be. Or as it turned out, the car may have just cracked up. Then, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are just ignorant. And if you take the ignorant and then you take the ones who had a vested interest in the mythology of Elon Musk, and then you take the ones who are hateful people who like the fact that he's a hateful person, you got a pretty big chunk of people. And those are the ones who, when somebody tweets the truth about Elon, come back and say, yeah, you're jealous. He's the richest guy in the world. Or yeah, he wants free speech. Shut up, Jew. And believe me, as a Jew, I have gotten a lot of this. It's much uglier than most people know. And since Elon took over, it's much worse. And I'm sure other people from other groups have had the same experience. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I spend very little time on that platform. There have been pushes and boycotts before with regard to, let's say, Fox and Tucker Carlson's now former show and getting advertisers to leave. Why do you think that up until this point, I mean, there was an exodus, but it wasn't everybody. Why do you think that advertisers are still hanging on to this platform and this person? Well, first of all, let's note what you just said, right? Tucker Carlson doesn't have a job anymore. So these things do work. Secondly, if you followed Elon's attacks on the ADL over the weekend, one of the things that he chose to reveal in his attack was that uh, sales have fallen since he took over Twitter by two thirds. That is spectacular failure. This plane is spinning, heading straight down for the mountain, right? I mean, it is in bad shape. And why is that? Well, it's because people didn't want to be associated with Elon Musk. So I would argue that the boycott, that the decision to abandon this guy and his odiousness is actually working pretty well. And 
you know, given that he's getting worse and worse, the resolve to deny him the support of companies or governments should get stronger and stronger. You know, I, I want to talk about the Starlink because I think that that part that has just been kind of brought to light is really wild. It is crazy to think that one man had the ability to pull the plug on this country fighting for its freedom and fighting for its life. Talk to us about that revelation and also the fact that it is subsidized, not just by the United States, a lot by the United States, but other nations as well, and why that in and of itself is dangerous. Well, first of all, this is clearly what happens when you concentrate too much power Mm -hmm. in the hands of any individual. Um, Secondly, there are a lot of warning signs that this would happen. Elon boasted of how close he was to Putin. And as the Starlink story unfolded, we saw multiple examples of him deciding unilaterally to provide the service or not to provide the service that should have been an alarm bell. He and his supporters even went out there and said, but he's giving this service to the people of Ukraine. Well, No, he wasn't, right? The U.S. government, other governments were subsidizing the service. And that gets me to sort of the core point, because I'm as outraged as you are that this guy who is a Putin lover, who absolutely does not appreciate the hideousness of the war crimes inflicted by Russia upon Ukraine is in the position to say no I'm I'm going to I'm going to scuttle this effort by Ukraine to reclaim the land of Crimea. But where since American politicians knew this all along. Mm -hmm. Where were they? Why wasn't somebody saying, stop, put the brakes on giving these guys money? Why wasn't somebody saying, if this guy is supporting Putin in this war, maybe we shouldn't support him with our support of SpaceX. Maybe Mm. we shouldn't be dependent on a guy like this. There were no Democrats. There were no Republicans. Nobody Nobody was saying it. And I think it's really important right now for you know reporters, whenever they run into a politician, to say, do you think we should be subsidizing through Tesla, through SpaceX, directly through Starlink, a guy who is trying to undermine our national security by supporting one of our worst enemies openly, flaunting it in front of us, and causing undoubtedly a loss of life and hardship in Ukraine? And I think the answer is no, stop, find other choices. It's so heinous, like what he's had the ability and the power to do. We know, what is he worth? 122, 144 billion. I mean, when it gets into that numbers, it doesn't even make sense that one person has that that kind of money, more money than some nations, than most nations. And for our government, what is the reasoning to subsidize Elon Musk. And what is the reasoning you think that some would give? Because it wasn't, this was not a Democrat or a Republican issue and push. It was bipartisan in its nature and support. So what is the questions that they need to honestly be asked and what would push them to let go of their support at this point with so much of our money, let us just say that, that they have invested? Well, you know, it's a little similar to what we were talking about earlier with regard to the Tesla buyers got the Tesla in his garage, right? You know, these were people who were like, yay, we have a Tesla plant or yay, we have a SpaceX plant or yay, we've got, you know, some of that Elon Musk fairy dust sprinkling down on our local economy and yay, Elon, and let me be on TV with you. And they went around for years saying, you know, this this is the future. This man is 
ushering in the future. So they don't want to look like they were idiots or that they were buying some line from Elon. The problem is they were. I think the only thing that's going to get them to change is if they think the cost of maintaining their silence or support for Elon is high politically. And the only way that can be the case is when people do shows like the one that we're on right now, and you ask questions like the ones that you're asking, and then the people who are listening, you know, go to their political leaders and they say, nope, if you support Elon, I don't support you. This is just too damn dangerous for the United States. Now, there are other deeper issues here, right? If you have a society in which a handful of people control more wealth than the bottom 90% of the population, as is the case in our society, as is in the case in the global society, those handful of people are not just rich, they're powerful. Yep. American politics is about money. And there are a lot of people who are near or close to somebody like this. They may be his banker, they may be his lawyer, they may know his banker, they may see themselves possibly being in a similar situation. And they go, whoa, slow down. What, we have to behave morally? Whoa, slow down. We have to put the interests of the public Public, ahead of our narrow interests. That's not capitalism. Capitalism is as much for me as possible and screw everybody else. That's a problem. Mm. And we have entered into a period of such grotesque inequality and such blind adherence to not true sensible capitalism, but rapacious, Darwinian, winner-take-all capitalism, that there are a handful of people with just vastly too much power. And it manifests itself in lots of different ways. This is one of the worst. I'll give you another one very quickly, and that is government doesn't have a lot of money. Why? Because we don't tax these people. So what do we do? We said they'll decide because they're going to you know, set up a foundation. So Bill Gates gets to determine where the money goes to solve which disease on which continent, as opposed to some mechanism that's responsive to the people. Now, Bill Gates' intentions may be just fine, but is this the situation that we want on the planet, where the richest people get to determine who has medicine and who doesn't have medicine, which countries survive and which don't, which wars are won and which are lost? That's grotesque. The system has spun out of control. And I think this is also a good moment to wake up and say, let's roll back the tape a little bit here. Let's remember that these companies were incorporated in order to serve the state, to serve the people, to serve the national interests, and not just so they could go out and do whatever they wanted and the rest of us be damned. David, let me ask you this last question, which is, you know, you've laid out in so many ways for the listeners of this show. They know that I have talked about this movie, which is a terrible movie, but just makes sense. Elysium, where the rich control everything and they get to decide who gets to leave the planet in order to get health care, among other things. And that's where we are. Does this genie go back in the bottle? Or have we just, I mean, we have reached a point where a billionaire can pull the plug on a war. I mean, is it even possible to put this genie back in the bottle? It may be possible. By the way, I didn't think that was such a bad movie. But <laughs> because I, I thought the point was a good yes, one. And it's yes. not just billionaires. It's super empowered corporations. The super empowered corporations that love America, but charge Americans, you know, 10 times as much for a drug as they charge in other countries that have more sensible policies? And the answer is, I don't know if it's too late or not. 
I, I really don't know. We have one political party in this country where if you say anything, you know, could be a benefit to the community, they call it communism. Mm -hmm. And that's craziness, right? There are other parts of the world that have the balance better, Northern Europe or whatever. But, you know, if, if I said that to one of these people, they go, well, those are socialists, which is as bad as communism because nobody knows what any of these words mean anymore. Yep. But I'll tell you something. We're about to enter another period of revolution over the next 10, 20 years, where the real power is going to lie with the people who have hundreds of billions of dollars to buy computational power in order to harness artificial intelligence, in order to produce goods and services, or fight wars, or produce products like drugs without people. And Fewer and fewer people with more and more capital and more and more access to computational power and the energy that is needed to support it are going to have even more power. And small countries may gain more power than big countries because people won't matter as much anymore. And I think there is every reason to believe, and this doesn't have to be the case, but there's every reason to fear that the inequality that we've seen over the course of the past 40 years in the United States, the inequality that's been growing since the beginning of time, but has accelerated, is going to accelerate further in the next couple of decades. Well, David, we will leave it there today, folks. The article is enough. Advertisers and governments must dump Elon Musk, and it is up now at the Daily Beast. Thank you so much for making the time for the new abnormal. Appreciate you. Really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed checking out this episode of The New Abnormal. We're back every Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend and keep the conversation going. This podcast is a Daily Beast production with production by Jesse Cannon and Seamus Calder. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.